Our first story begins about halfway up the slope of Grimwood, where there was a house that was kept to a better standard than many of the others on its level. That was because it was home to a young man, Eric. Eric showed as little love to himself as those did around him. For two years, Eric had been living under the rule of his foul stepmother, who even though had been given no title, wanted to make herself feel some sort of significance in the world, and so demanded that Eric call her Lady Tremaine. It was one thing having to be at Lady Tremaine's beck and call, but it was far more demeaning to serve his whinging, shrill stepsisters, Anastasia and Drizella, who found glee in tormenting Eric's tatty, cinder-stained clothes, ruined from the abundance of chores given to him from the women. With a deep sigh, Eric mustered the will to sit up from his mattress, which was uncomfortably firm and placed upon a poorly made wooden frame that sounded as though it got more damaged with every movement it endured. He treaded over to the lantern that squeaked as it swung from the ceiling, its momentum caused by the draft that snuck in through gaps in the aging beams of the building. He struck a match and lit it. Eric woke up most days feeling heavy, weighed down by emotions that felt trapped within the stranger that was his own body. Eric felt like his body is where he lived, but not where he belonged. It felt unfamiliar and looked just as foreign when he scowled at himself in the mirror that was cracked like his spirit. Looking in the mirror, he trailed up and down his reflection with his eyes. Eric admired softness and aspired for it. He tried to focus on the good. For the most part, his features were delicate, pretty even. Tentatively, he turned his face slightly whilst tilting it and raising his chin gracefully glided his hand up his jaw and then the side of his face before resting his palm against it. He looked rather demure, and the weighted feelings lifted slowly. Eric shifted his stature effeminately, stroking his hands elegantly and patiently across his narrow shoulders. A minuscule grin crawled its way across his face. His hands continued inspecting his body, finding the areas that weren't hated. He closed his eyes, imagining soft skin and accentuated curves that contrasted his slim, boxy frame. Eric's heart swelled, feeling comfortability in the image in his mind as his hands continued their expedition. Eric gasps, the image in his mind a startled wild animal that flees into darkness. His heart drops and the heaviness returns, crushing his emotions and his eyes open. His sight narrows onto his reflection, his wandering hands obstructed at the base of his torso, by his enemy, by that thing between his legs. Eric looked down, exhaling a whimper as his vision clouded with tears. This wasn't right, he thought. It had never been right. Defeated, he wiped away the tears and refocused on his reflection. A woman was looking at the mirror, whilst a man glared back. Eric jolted. The glistening gold bell on his wall rattled as a string was being harshly tugged from above, indicating that Lady Tremaine was summoning him. He glanced in the mirror, reassured himself that the redness from his tears had faded, and scurried across the basement and up the stairs, bursting through the door to the entrance of their home. Lady Tremaine stood judgmentally, eyebrows raised waiting for Eric while she was accompanied by his stepsisters. Tremaine didn't appear very old, but she most definitely was not young. Lines set in across her face from years of cruelty, and her silver and brown hair was held tightly in a neat updo. It could have been said that she was stricter about the tidiness of her appearance than she was about Eric's behaviour. Good morning, Lady Tremaine. Eric said glumly, with his eyes pointed to the floor. 
Anastasia Drizella and I are heading to the market. Lady Tremaine turned her nose up at Eric. I expect this home to be immaculate by the time we return. The house was practically perfect. Eric spends all his time sweeping every bit of dust, polishing every banister and washing every dish. He sighed. Tremaine does this so that Eric doesn't have any time to himself. He never even leaves the house unless ordered to do so. We're going to get dresses for Lord Godfrey's ball at the manor. Anastasia was vibrating with excitement. We're going to look so beautiful. Lord Henry will have to pick one of us. Drizella bounced up and down. Eric's ears perked up curiously. Lord Henry was the son of Lord Godfrey. He wondered what they meant by being picked by Henry. Lady Tremaine quickly shot the girls a disapproving glare. Pick one of you for what? Eric rose his eyes from the ground to connect them with the girls who now seemed fearful of the look their mother cast upon them. Lady Tremaine sighed and gestured to the letter in her hand. Lord Godfrey and his family are holding a ball at the manor this evening to find a respectable young lady to wed their son, Henry. With any luck, he'll choose one of these dimwits, and we can finally live in a home that isn't so unbearable. Eric remembered the image he conjured in his mind and forgot himself, unexpectedly blurting out, May I go to the ball with you? There was a silence, and then they began chuckling (laughs) at Eric's delusion. Why on earth would you go to the ball, Eric? They are looking for a young lady. Are you a lady, Eric? Tremaine took a step closer to him. She was intimidating and wasn't a stranger to beating him when he got out of line. No! Eric became defensive and cowered in Tremaine's presence. I thought it would be fun, that's all. I have no interest in Lord Henry. This was true. Eric didn't spend his time fantasising about men. He only dreamt of one person, and that person was a woman, and that woman was his true self. He named her Ella, and she had existed in his mind for as long as he could remember. Lady Tremaine took a long finger with a nail so sharp it was like a talon, and used it to lift Eric's chin so that he met her threatening gaze. You have no time for fun. You only have time to make this pigsty a bearable home. Swiftly, she removed her finger, Eric wincing in the process as her claw scratched his face, causing the girls behind her to giggle mockingly. Without another word, Tremaine stepped out of the house, Anastasia and Drizella following close behind, but not before shoving Eric against the wall, one after another. Eric felt hurt, which wasn't an uncommon feeling in his life, but the mocking tone Lady Tremaine demonstrated when asking if he was a lady had cut him much deeper than her weaponized nail did, which was stinging even a couple hours later whilst Eric cleaned their humble home. Finally, he made his way into Lady Tremaine's room, and a memory of his late mother and father laying in the bed with him as a child flashed before his eyes, a glimmer of happiness making its way across his face before resuming his duties. Eric was demanded to make sure everything in the house is in order, apart from Lady Tremaine's belongings, which he was not to touch. Curiosity was often sparked within him because as much as he hated the woman, he did appreciate her dresses, a statement he would never say to her face. And Eric decided on that day, after fighting the urge to not look for so long, he scampered to her towering wardrobe and flung the doors open, taking a step back to get a complete scope of the vibrant variety of dresses. He reached into the wardrobe, gripping a soft pink dress, and held it against himself as he stood in front of the mirror.
feelings of immense fear intertwined with absolute euphoria as the image of her slowly became a reality as the reflection stared back at Eric. His heart fluttered. Ella didn't have to be an imagination. Ella wasn't one. Eric was Ella right there in that moment. He was overcome with emotions. How would he become her? He couldn't do it under Lady Tremaine's roof, and he couldn't get away with doing it in Grimwood as she may be behind any corner. He had to be undetectable. Eric disregarded those thoughts. He wanted to enjoy that moment in front of the mirror, clutching the dress to him tightly as though it had the power to make him who he wanted to be, who he really was. The door slammed shut. What on earth are you doing? Lady Tremaine looked outraged, horrified, and disgusted while Anastasia and Drizella had their hands clasped over their mouths in utter shock. Eric froze. He felt his world shatter around him. There was no coming back from this. He couldn't breathe. It felt as though Tremaine's bellowing shout had sprung from her and grabbed him by the throat. He squeezed his eyes tightly shut and just wished for everything to end there and then. He refused to turn around to meet their judging eyes. Tremaine bounded over to where he stood, the girls scurrying ever closer like minions as she grabbed Eric by the shoulder and spun him round to face her, gasping when she saw her dress tight against his body. Give that to me, you wretched boy! She snatched the dress away from him and threw it onto the bed. One rule when you are in here. You do not touch my things! Her hand raised above her. Anastasia and Drizella's eyes widened as they watched her swipe down and strike Eric, who fell to the floor, crying. What are you playing with dresses for, little girl? Drizella jeered and laughed in unison with her sister. Trying to win over Lord Henry yourself? Anastasia doubled down. (laughs) Tremaine leaned over and tightly gripped a fistful of Eric's hair, pulling his head back to meet her eyes as she seethed. Men don't wear dresses, Eric. I hardly want you around here in the first place, but I won't have you clean this house in a dress. Spit flew as she spoke and dampened Eric's already wet face as he wallowed. Anger and desperation got the better of him as he grabbed her hand, releasing himself from her grasp, and crawled back. I'm not a man. I've never been a man. I don't care about Henry. I just want to be me. It all came out. Now that he started, it was too late to go back. The women looked confused. And who are you? Tremaine growled belittlingly. My name is Ella, Eric stated bluntly, with a shred of strength behind his words. Ella the fella, Anastasia mocked. Mother, your dress! Drizella gasped, pointing to the garment on the bed which Tremaine dashed over to and held up in front of her. She shook with rage, releasing the dress which fell limply to the ground. What was once pink had stains of black that came from Eric's dirty rags. Dust and dirt, my dress covered in cinders from where you lay at night. Tremaine growled from where she stood. Get him out of my sight. We've got a ball to go to. Anastasia and Drizella launched themselves at Eric, grabbing and pulling him across the room. Cinderfella's been a naughty girl, said Drizella. Cinderfella wanted to go to the ball. Anastasia mimicked her insulting tone. Out you go, Cinderfella. They yelled in unison as they threw Eric out the door and into a puddle that was pummeled by the aggressive downpour of rain. Eric, banished from his own home, clambered to his feet and ran until he reached a secluded alleyway. He pounded the wall in frustration, rain falling from his face as it fused with tears. Eric mourned the safety of secrecy, 
hopelessness consuming him as he shrunk to the floor, pushing his face to his knees while he sobbed. Thunder crashed in front of him. The world began to ring and Eric opened his eyes to nothing but white. There was a feeling of calm around him as the ringing faded into silence. He wondered if he had died. Would it be so bad if he did? It felt as though there was nothing left for him. What happens next? Eric thought to himself. He saw something ahead of him and nervously rose to his feet before realizing he was no longer wet. Before his eyes glistened steadily spiraling sparkles of gold, pink and blue, radiating a comforting energy that diffused the endless questions from his mind. A figure gradually took form within the array of colour until before him an ethereal, beautiful woman floated before his eyes. Her dark skin gleamed and there were shimmering strands of gold in her thick curly hair. She brandished a slim white wand and focused on Eric. Ella, I heard your cries. Eric's jaw dropped when he heard her say, that name. Who are you? I'm your fairy godmother, Ella. Why are you calling me that? Well, that is your name, is it not? Eric didn't know how to reply, but the fairy godmother smiled kindly. Your melancholy brought me to you. That world does not understand you. I want to help you be who you really are, Ella, even if it is just for a short time. His heart skipped a beat. You can make me her. He corrected himself. You can make me... me. For a short moment, I can make you as you appear here. She floated closer and firmly pressed a hand on top of his heart. But you are always you, no matter what you look like, and that is what you must accept once the magic wears off. There are people in your world that will embrace you for who you are. It is up to you to find them. Eric found comfort in her words. What are you going to do? I will cast a spell that will make you resemble how you feel on the inside. You will find yourself at the Lord's Manor so that you can express your true self amongst others. She glided elegantly around Eric as he smiled excitedly, tears welling in his eyes. Heed my words, Ella. She continued. This enchantment will fade when the clock strikes twelve. Your appearance will reverse, so you must get yourself to safety before that happens. Eric nodded along intently. He was thrown out of his home. He does not know where safety would be. But he was so eager to be the Ella he saw in his mind that this became an afterthought. I'm ready. The fairy godmother smiled subtly and became even more elevated as she circled above him. She twirled her wand and it began to glow. Slowly, Eric was raised from the ground with a purely white environment as a flurry of sparkles enveloped him from his feet to his head. He felt weightlessness, his body, but even more so his emotions. With a sigh, it felt as though the lifelong feeling of being trapped had been expelled from his body as a smile stretched from ear to ear. Tilting his head, he investigated his body and saw his ruined rags burst away from his body in the form of glitter and saw his body begin to transform. Skin grew softer, and his frame feminized as narrow hips became rounded and plump, his chest largening. <laughs> Eric chuckled in disbelief as he reached to stroke his hair which had lengthened to rest on his shoulders. His enemy that brought him so much grief was vanquished and reborn, his hands not to be obstructed again in this moment. A tear fell from his eye and was caught in the swirling spell. 
The glitter that was once rags shot back and clung to his body, magnificently changing to an enchanting blue dress that tastefully exposed his shoulders and flowed outwards from his waist down to his feet. Eric was floated down to the ground by the whirring sparkles that were cast around him, and, as his feet delicately touched the floor, he heard clinking below him. Glass slippers. Eric was in awe. He went to raise his head to thank the fairy godmother, but as he blinked, the white surroundings had snapped away, and he found himself stood in a desolate, grand corridor. Golden sconces holding flaming torches lined the walls. He was in the manor. The fairy godmother had transported him to the ball so that he could be himself. Eric saw a mirror and was filled with eager anxiety to see himself. Gulping, he treaded carefully to it and finally saw her. There she stood, Ella, vibrant and stunning. She had escaped her cage and now truly existed in the world. Ella gingerly touched her face. It was as though she thought that if she moved too quick or pressed too hard that it would all melt away. She let out a squeal of joy, then caught herself, alarmed that she had caught anybody's attention. Was it bad to be lurking in the manor away from the ball? Ella strained her ears and located the direction music was faintly coming from. After having a final look at herself in the mirror, she picked her dress up from the ground slightly and began to stride down the corridor, becoming more confident in the glass slippers with every step she took. Chatter and music grew louder as Ella advanced through the halls of the manor to find a small number of couples walking towards the entrance to the courtyard. Ella was nervous. She knew she was fully disguised, yet she felt that the spell was transparent. That Eric was still on show. Her heart beating rapidly, she took a deep breath and joined the stream of people entering the courtyard. Ella was speechless. Her eyes widened to take it all in. The courtyard was glorious and had been fully prepared for the ball. Bushes were intricately carved into perfect spheres piled upon one another. Luxurious sconces held torches to pillars around the perimeter of the courtyard, and a huge band were fully immersed as their magical music played. Looking up to the balcony, she saw Lord Godfrey and his wife, Lady Maleficent, who wore a glamorous, dazzling head wrap that matched her dark dress. Ella did not know much about them, only that they oversaw Grimwood. Other than that, they were shrouded in mystery, and there were many rumours about their family. Specifically, that their men would travel back and forth through the forest that surrounded Grimwood with ease. But townsfolk would never return. <sighs> Suddenly, she stumbled into someone. My goodness! A familiar voice gasped. Lady Tremaine. Ella's heart sunk. I'm so sorry. It was all over, Ella thought. Lady Tremaine scanned Ella with her eyes. No bother. Tremaine seemed flustered to be in Ella's presence. My mistake. You are looking marvellous. Girls! She summoned Anastasia and Drizella, who had put so much effort into their appearance for the ball, it almost looked too much. Now this is how you arrived to a ball. The sisters scowled at Ella, jealous of her appearance. Ella seemed relieved having gotten away with the encounter. Thank you so much. You ladies look beautiful. She didn't want to damage their self-esteem too much. Ella wasn't horrible like them. Suddenly, Tremaine's face went from wonderment to inquisitive. Are you here hoping to win over Lord Henry? <laughs> Clearly, she saw Ella as a threat to the sisters winning his hand. No, I'm just here to have fun. Ella thought back to her words that she had no time for. Fun. Tremaine scoffed. Fun? How sweet. Well, that means more hope for these two. The girl seemed wounded once again by their mother's words. 
Suddenly, a trumpet sounded and caught everybody's attention. Lord Henry is going to choose a partner to dance with from a lineup of those interested. Tremaine ushered her daughter to join a growing crowd of young women in the clearing of people ahead of them, and followed this by grinning at Ella staying by her side, probably to assure that she was not going to join the crowd of suitors. Emerging from across the courtyard, Lord Henry made his appearance. He was dashing, wearing white formal clothing with intricate gold embroidery, dark hair slicked back. His eyes wandered the number of suitors, a deafening silence filling the courtyard as everyone waited for him to reach for one of the women. A few moments went on before Henry bit his lip in thought, none of the women catching his eye. Ella could feel Tremaine's impatience radiate from her, her hands clasping around her glass so tightly she thought it may break. Henry's eyes averted from the women before him and he turned to investigate the crowd. Ella, distracted by her current self-love, was looking down at her dress. You. Henry said firmly, pointing into the crowd. Ella looked up to see who he had chosen, wondering if it was one of her stepsisters. Instead, her gaze was met with Henry's pointed gloved finger aiming at her. Everybody was shocked. Lady Tremaine was radiating with anger. There was no time to say anything before Henry was stood before her, gently held her hand and led her into the clearing. After a collective awkwardness from everyone except Lord Henry, the music resumed. Henry placed a hand on Ella's waist and held her arm high with another. They began to dance slowly, everyone gawking at them. I wasn't in the gathering of suitors. Ella darted her eyes about, seeing everyone's meet hers. You were supposed to pick one of them. But I didn't pick them. I picked you. Henry spun her around slowly before holding her waist again. Why? Ella felt as though it was a cruel trick. Because you are the most beautiful woman here. Ella was speechless. Why weren't you with the suitors? Are you spoken for? No. Henry looked puzzled. He must have thought that everyone would have wanted to be with him. It's not what I came for. What did you come for? Fun. She felt silly saying it again, but Henry seemed appreciative for the different take that Ella had from the other women. Well then. Ella. Well then, Ella. He raised her hand to his lips and kissed it. Let's have fun. By this point, other couples had joined them dancing. People twirled and turned, men dipped women, followed by holding them up high. Henry and Ella did the same. Ella had experienced more happiness than she had ever felt before. And not because she was falling for Henry. She didn't care about Henry. She felt happy because she was being herself. Freely, without judgment, without danger. Walk with me. Henry and Ella entered the manor and began to walk through the corridors. Many conversations passed as they learned about each other. Of course, what Ella had been telling Henry had been untrue, so that she wasn't found out. Finally, Henry said, You're beautiful, Ella. It's taken me a long time to think so. Why is that? I guess I just didn't really feel like myself. And what about right now? It's the most myself I have ever felt. Because of the ball? You could say that. It's nice to dress up. Well, 
You know what happens after tonight. What's that? You will be my bride. You can dress up every day, live a luxurious lifestyle. Ella stopped in her tracks, shocked. A bride? Me? Henry turned to look at her, then held her hands in his while he looked confused. Yes, that is why I chose you from the crowd. To dance with, not to marry. That is why those women were there for you. I assumed you would go back and pick one eventually. I told you that's not what I'm here for. That is what everybody is here for. You should be happy. Ella pulled her hands away from his. She wasn't going to be in this form for the rest of her life. There was no way that she and Henry could be together. I'm sorry, Henry. You're going to have to choose somebody else. Somebody else? Henry shook his head and grabbed her hands again. I don't want anybody else, Ella. I want you. As he said this, Ella noticed over his shoulder was a large clock hanging on the wall behind him. Ella became even more panicked. While the pair had been talking, time had gotten away from them, and the spell would wear off any moment now. Henry followed her gaze to the clock and then back to her. I have to go. Ella went to turn and run, but Henry was still clasping her hands in his own, and so spun her to him, planting a kiss on her lips, holding her tightly in his grip. The clock struck twelve. Ella's heart pounded rapidly as she tried to push Henry from her before anything happened to her appearance. But it was too late. While engulfed by the kiss, she felt hair stroke her body as it fell from her head, reverting to her short style. Her body changed back to what it once was under her dress, the quality of which grew feeble, causing it to tear in places. And she didn't know it was happening, but cracks began to form across her glass slippers as her feet slightly grew. Tears fell from her face as the kiss ended, and she knew what was coming next. Henry pulled away softly, thinking he had won Ella over with his affection, but when he opened his eyes, what he saw was Eric in his arms. Henry jumped back and yelled, mortified. What are you? Ella whimpered and clutched the ripping dress so that it didn't fall off her body while she stepped back, terrified. I was trying to tell you that it couldn't work. I'm still me. I'm still Ella. You're a disgrace. Henry launched forward, pinning her to the wall with his arm across her neck, his eyes darting across her body and face. He looked disgusted while Ella clambered at his arm, trying to pull him off. Henry forced his arm against her throat harder, while Ella sputtered, gasping for air. Powerfully, she dug her knee between his legs. He yelled in agony while falling to the ground, clutching himself. Ella made a break for it holding the front of her dress up slightly so not to trip while pain winced through her body with every step as the glass slippers struggled to hold. Henry and Ella had been walking through the manor for such a long time that she had no idea how to get out of it, and it wasn't long before Henry recovered and began to chase after her, yelling for guards as he did so. Ella ran for her life while she watched frantic shadows get casted along the corridor walls as Henry and the guards searched for her. The whole manor was alive with yelled orders shouted by Henry. Ella swiftly turned a corner, but as she did so, pain erupted in her feet and soared up her legs. She clasped her hands across her mouth to muffle her involuntary, agonizing scream as she collapsed to the ground. She didn't even need to look to know what had happened. She heard it. She felt it. Her glass slippers had shattered due to the dwindling spell. Ella knew she had to stay silent so that she wasn't found by Henry and the guards. She whimpered as silently as she could reaching down to her feet to pull out the glass, stabbing her. Deep red blood oozed from her feet as she regained her stance, clinging onto the sconce above her before resuming her journey through the halls, this time more slowly due to her injuries, but with a strong determination to escape. 
Unfortunately, she could not prevent the bloody tracks left in her wake. Cautiously, Ella stepped through a door into a dark, cold room that had nothing except a double bed that appeared worn and unappealing, barely lit by one flickering candle on a nightstand. This room looked more like a dungeon, but why, Ella thought, would it not be locked if it was holding a prisoner? There was a figure laying in the bed, but was she a prisoner or was this just Ella jumping to conclusions? Ella treaded lightly to appease her painful feet over to the person in the bed and looked at her. She was out cold, so still that it looked as though she was in a coma. There lay in bed a beautiful woman. Ella moved her eyes along the woman's body to see that her hands were led across her body, crossed but slightly elevated by a large, pregnant belly. Ella felt that this woman was not to be feared but someone to be concerned for. She reached down to her arm and lightly shook it to no avail. She truly was a sleeping beauty, Ella thought. The door slammed open. A gush of wind extinguished the solitary candle and Ella spun her head, fearful to see if Henry had found her. But it wasn't Henry staring intimidatingly at Ella, who still would be a shock to anybody, a young man clinging a crumbling dress to himself with blood apparent underneath it. It was Henry's mother, Lady Maleficent. Her tall stature was threatening and matched her malevolent features, evil eyes zoning in on Ella's closeness to the sleeping beauty. Get away from my daughter. She stepped into the room, flowing her hand which ignited with a dark, green enchantment that seemed to close the door behind her. You have magic. She raised her eyebrows, seemingly impressed. It seems you do too. Ella stepped away from the unconscious woman and glared at the spell that was fading from Maleficent's hand. You are not the woman I saw enter the ball. No, I don't have magic. My fairy godmother made me my true self for the evening. True self? This is your true self. A man in a dress. I will never understand these do-gooder fairies. At least do something to benefit yourself like me. You're a fairy? Yes. However, when a fairy uses their power the way that I use mine, they get these. She reached up to her head wrap, unraveling it and dropping it to the ground, exposing dark, shaved-down horns protruding from her forehead. As a family, we use my power to our advantage. Then why haven't you rescued your daughter from her slumber? Because I did it to her. Silly boy. You might be one of the townsfolk wondering how we can travel through the wood that surrounds this town and return without being harmed. Well, the so-called savage folk struck a bargain with us. A baby of pure noble lineage, here and there, where we conduct trade. Pure noble lineage? Ella racked her brain. Henry and Aurora. Ella was outraged for this poor woman and all the children lost to the savage folk, but she also wanted to escape. Adrenaline dampened the pain in her feet as she bounded towards the door beside Maleficent, who raised her hand, conjuring a spell. In a struggle, Ella pushed her hand, her spell launching towards Aurora. Distracted, Maleficent swung Ella to the ground behind her and turned to look down. Tell me your name, boy! Maleficent roared, both hands flaming in volatile magic. My name is Ella. She knew what would happen next, but nevertheless, she was defiant. Maleficent raised her hand and Ella's world melted away.